Inspired By, a podcast brought to you by Six. Hello, I'm Hannah Wise, and this is Inspired By. In this podcast series, I invite experts from Six and other representatives from the Financial Centre to talk about their inspirations. My guest today is Berta Ares, who heads up BME Intech for the Spanish Borsa, which is now part of Six after their recent acquisition. Welcome to you, Berta. How are you? Hello, Hannah. <laughs> Thank you very much for the invitation. It is a pleasure to be here with you. I'm really enjoying this podcast series. It's great to have you. Yeah, all the way from Madrid today. So that's very exciting. Oh, yeah. Perhaps you can explain to our listeners what BME Intech is very simply. Sure. BME Intech and Intech Solutions comes from BME and now is part of SIX. We develop software solutions, always very focused on new technologies, innovation and, and data. All right. So who is your inspiration today? I have a feeling it's going to be somebody kind of from that background, keywords being software tech. Yeah, it is. My inspiration is, is Margaret Hamilton who is an American mathematician who worked as computer scientist for NASA program. She worked in the Apollo missions to the moon in the late 60s and early 70s. She also founded two software companies, published uh, many papers. There is even a mini figure of her in the woman of NASA Lego set, which <laughs> really? I think is, is, a great, is a big deal. Yeah. You see, a really clever woman with an interesting career in the academic, technical, and scientific world. So it sounds like an easy pick for you then. Yeah, actually. Well, I know her. Uh, I studied telecommunication engineering, and I know her from that time when I had to choose uh, what to study. And uh, I was really interested on, on the whole space and NASA missions thing. I was going to ask you how, you know, what specifically about her career inspired you? Because, I mean, you listed quite quite a few accolades there for her. Um, was it the fact that she was a woman in tech? Was it the fact that she was, you know, one of the first software engineers? Or was it what she achieved ac across her life? I mean, she's still alive today. Yeah, she's alive. I think she's like 85. And I think it's, it's everything together. I think uh, she was just... Uh, by, by Salon, she was a, a really great reference just for the for the technical world in general and, and the innovation. But at the same time, I, I like it her just to be a woman because we don't have so many references as, as a women in, in this field. And I mean, how important is it, do you think, to have female references? I mean, when you say Margaret Hamilton, I, I guess most people probably don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, well, I think things are changing. Um, the truth is that there are many women now doing great things, also in technology and science. But uh, there is still a big gap, and most of them are not really very well known. Uh, we don't have so many references, so I think it's important just to to show them. Uh, that's why I one of the reasons I pick her, because um, mm. I, I think it's a great reference. And I think it's important to have this reference to promote that girls study STEM careers, STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, and, and math, to promote women participating in, in, in this technical revolution that is happening now, and that is changing the, the society in all aspects. STEM fields are crucial in responding to the challenges that we're facing as a society. 
it is too important and we cannot afford not to participate in it. Uh, society cannot afford it. And so how do you think we can actually attract more girls into STEM subjects? Well, I think uh, I think the key element is, is education. We, we need to make STEM domains more attractive to girls. I think girls prefer, tend to perform well on both math and verbal abilities compared to boys. So, But the thing is that they are less prone than boys to choose STEM careers. And uh, yeah, there are many programs and associations now to, to increase professional ambition to, of girls so that uh, being a woman does not imply any limitation as long as they are based on work and, and effort. Uh, I collaborate with some of them, like inspiring girls and women, women in, in innovation, and they are really doing a great job. I'm not really believing on the subject, but in my case, it's almost mandatory because I have a 13 years old daughter and I, I have lived how my son was crazy about video games and saw some tech toys <laughs> from the very beginning and how my daughter uh, has always seen from, from afar. So I had to find a way to attract her interest in technology. I mean, looking for games that she liked, uh, some initiatives like she participated with inspiring girls in, in a project just developing an app uh, about design. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's only just to bring the subject closer to their interests. I think this is the, the key idea. And of course, I, I collaborate with whatever is possible in, in this line. Do you think there's much of a kind of difference when you think geographically when it comes to uh, women in tech? Do you think that Europe is, you know, behind the United States, for example, or if there are, if it's even more nuanced than that, that there are big differences between Switzerland and Spain, for example, where you are? Well, there are some differences, I think, but I, not not really, I mean, very relevant. I, I mean, I don't want to get lost in data, but I think the latest data from European Union estimate like an average of 38% of women in STEM careers. And this falls to less than 20% for computer science and similar trends or in some territories even worse happens in US and, and Switzerland and other places. And there are some areas like artificial intelligence and cybersecurity, for example, when their gender gap is, 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 is worse with less than, than uh, 15%. And I think if, if we compare with Switzerland, with Spain, I think the Spanish data, it's somehow better. But just because there are more women in the labor market, I mean, it's not a, a mm. really big difference there. Okay, so Mar Margaret Hamilton very much saw herself as a pioneer in a man's world. Well, she was a really, <laughs> she was real a pioneer in a man's world. Uh, she was one of the first women writing software, one of the first in MIT, the first in NASA. Uh, first and really successful in Apollo programs. I mean, if you remember all the pictures or, or, or the films about this big NASA control room, they are all men, but Margaret was there. Um, I mean, she even 
came up with the with the term software engineer to describe what she was doing and at that time i mean software not was not taken as seriously as other engineering disciplines and they they weren't getting credit for for that field so the important guys were um, were the hardware engineers but she she named it she defended it and she got it so i mean she overcame many challenges with success and got a lot of responsibilities she ended up with uh, 100 enge uh, software engineers in her team um i mean she was really crucial for for all the missions that, that they did what specifically did she do for the the apollo program when it comes to software yeah well she she participated in in several missions in the apollo program and I mean, she was really important because she handled all the the the, the errors uh, management. Um, but it, she was specifically relevant in in the Apollo 11. Mm. Apollo 11, you know, everything has been perfect. She as expected, and suddenly a couple of alarms went off. Uh, the program was alerting that there was an emergency and it was a moment of panic because it was just before the moon landing and they were going to abort the, the mission but Margaret just in these few seconds that they have to react knew exactly what was happening the reason of the alerts and, and managed to continue she took a, a lot of effort in everything related to alerts and errors and their management it is a uh, her area of speciality and actually enjoyment because she always says that she loves errors so they were able to to manage the situation and this made possible for Neil Armstrong to set a foot in the moon uh, hmm. in July um, 1969. Margaret Hamilton her career was you know very much kind of by chance um, how can you explain how she got to be where sh she was? Yeah, Apollo 11. Yeah, well, it's true. Um, many of, of uh, her decisions um, were by chance, uh, how she ended up in MIT, for example. This was not the plan. She got married after her graduation in math and philosophy, and her plan was to attend graduate school um in abstract math actually but she had a daughter and her husband also decided he wanted to go to law school at Harvard so they had to decide to choose who will study first and it was him so she had to find a job to support her family and that's how she ended up in in MIT which was a total uh, new things for her she she had to understand uh, everything from the beginning uh, what a computer was and how to program and it was uh, much more experimental than anything else and after some years she she came back with her plan to continue studying but then she saw a newspaper advert uh, that the NASA was looking for people to develop software to send man to the moon. Mm. And she was attracted to by the idea that it has never been done before. And that's how she started uh, in Apollo program at NASA. So how did she inspire you then in your career decisions? I think uh, she's an inspiration and a great example for innovation. I think what I like the most is uh, this balance between taking risk and trying new things 
but at the same time getting things done and have an impact. I think she she explains about many experiences with 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 fail around fail, um, uh, open new fields, but at the same time just keeping focus, understand what we want to achieve. Um, you know, it is amazing to think that the software that they developed back then to send man to the moon was really simple compared to what we have now in 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 our mobile, mm. for example. And they mm -hmm. did it, so it is like a great proof that incredible things can be done. So tell me more about the projects that you work on then. In innovation, we are really uh, doing interesting things. Uh, we have different labs um, on new technologies with some experts on, on blockchain or artificial intelligence or analytics. And we are uh, looking for applications of these new technologies. And for example, we're working on a robot advisor for wealth managers based on artificial intelligence. We have mm -hmm. different applications for, for ESG. We're very active now with the financial information team on, on ESG. We're also working on a, a marketplace based on blockchain technology for uh, funding uh, companies. And uh, we have also big data, we're working on a big data platform for great tech uh, services. These are just some examples. And Bertie, you mentioned ESG there, environment, social and governance. Can you tell me more about how you're addressing ESG? In, in what way are you innovating here? Well, ESG data is, is very relevant for us. It is an important field for the companies and the financial entities just to show uh, how they provide this information and also related to financial consequences. Here we are offering aggregated data and we're also building in indicators, added information and software to handle this information for clients. And you think clients are increasingly looking for, for innovation in this topic? Yeah, I think it's important to handle the, the, the amount of information that is there. Okay, so they can make informed decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You think it's quite critical then to make data and technology part of the ESG environment? Because, I mean, it's quite complex. You know, we have so many different criteria, so many different regulations. It's, it's a necessity now because, I mean, it's such an amount of data that we have that is so important just to have some, the right te technical application just to handle it. You have to uh, decide which is the information that you, that you need, that you are going to, to process and I think this is the, 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 the main help of technology there. Um, if, you, if you could meet Margaret Hamilton today, what would you ask her? Yeah, well, I would love to, to meet her. Um, I don't think I have a specific question. I will just ask, uh, I would like to just to have a chat with her about her career, how she always managed to make a difference, just to, to be always so creative and curious and starting so many things and studying new fields and taking risks. Yeah, I would just like to talk to her. I watch her uh, son interviews and, and I also like her attitude. She, she was, I mean, she's so brilliant and, and clever and successful, but she explains everything in such an easy way without showing off and having fun, telling all stories. Um, you know, she's, she's really humble and friendly. She's nice and understated. Yeah, yeah. 
she always talks about her team, about the people who help her, uh, her professors, her bosses, and it is uh, really a pleasure to, to listen to her. All right, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much indeed, Berta Aris. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you very much. And thank you as well for joining us for this episode of The Six Podcast. And until next time, stay inspired. And you can hear more about inspiring leaders by downloading the six podcast series available wherever you get your podcasts.